Hey y'all, it was so nice to have a week off. I hope you missed me while I was gone. (laughs) I hope you caught up on any episodes you may have missed. This week's topic was requested and kind of suggested by a very dear friend of mine, Alan. He's been a great sounding board for this podcast. So thank you, Alan, for being a dear friend, even from Ohio. (laughs) So we talked about dating in episode four. I think it was four. I don't remember the number. (laughs) But what do you do when you find yourself in an actual relationship? Let's talk about it. First of all... (laughs) I'm not sure I'm the best person to give relationship advice, but y'all keep asking for it, so here it is. (laughs) Gay relationships. Are they different from straight ones? Maybe. But I would say the basic principles apply to both. Good communication, supporting each other, having respect for each other knowing each other's expectations and what you expect from a relationship and a partner, being able to acknowledge when you are in the wrong and get out of the way of that ego because nobody wants to be wrong, right? (laughs) I'm still working on that. But I think a gay relationship has the potential, if both parties consent, to being more open with their sexuality. Monogamy is something that not all gay relationships practice. While some do, you have to find what works for you. Open or polyamorous relationships may not be your thing, but it might work for other couples. Everyone's relationship is different. The biggest thing I had to learn, if I'm being honest with y'all, is you cannot compare your relationship to another. If you want something out of your relationship that you're not getting, then you have to communicate that with your partner. If I could give you any relationship advice, be it platonic or romantic, is communicate. So many arguments, misunderstandings, frustrations, and fallouts could be avoided if you communicate your thoughts and your feelings with each other. Now, that's completely easier said than done, But that's where respect comes into play. When communicating issues, be respectful in how you approach an issue. I asked some couple friends of mine, I think they've been together about 10 years, if not a little bit longer, what they, if any advice that they had to give. And one partner said, choose your battles wisely. Sometimes an issue is worth getting angry or upset over, but most issues are small in the grand scheme of things then I would have to agree with them. But when you do have to have those hard conversations, like my granny said, you will catch more bees with honey. Some people, probably most people, respond with the same energy that is thrown at them, that somebody comes at them with. So if there's an issue, approach things with an open mind. Like I said earlier, get that ego out of the way. Another aspect is supporting each other. Set goals together 
both personal and couple-oriented. For example, my personal goal is to finish my master's. Aaron is also working on finishing up school, while our couple goal is to buy a house. So we support each other in those efforts. I would say, at the beginning of a relationship, support each other, but from a distance. (laughs) I recommend with a new relationship, don't move in quickly together. Now we normally equate that stereotype with lesbians, but honey, gay men are just as guilty. You need to keep your own space while you learn about that person and learn how that person can add to your life and help build you up. Because honey, shit gets real when you move in together. You learn a whole nother level of a person. So before you learn two levels at once, find out what's on the surface. I understand enjoying the overwhelming sense of acceptance and love when entering into a new relationship and then always wanting to be around each other 24-7, but codependency in a relationship is a real thing. You can be a couple, but you both need to have your own things. Aaron is a gamer. He has his little iPad games and his little Stadia games. And I do drag. (laughs) I may be in the minority here, but all of your happiness should not derive from your partner. Other things in life have to give you joy or that relationship is doomed. And that's a lot of pressure to put on your partner, right? To be expected to be your everything. You can't do that to them. Have friends as a couple and find a community that you can be yourself and involved in. May I recommend your local drag show? (laughs) But also have separate friends. Aaron has a group of friends. I have a group of friends. It's okay. Um, Just this past weekend, actually, I went off for the whole weekend with a group of friends without my husband. And that makes the relationship so much better because it gave me a time to miss him. And then when I got back, I could tell him all the exciting things we did because he wasn't there. He didn't know. And I guess that's where trust comes into play. And while I have Aaron's phone password, I've never gone through it. I've never gone through his messages. I've never gone through his pictures. I've not even gone through his grinder. He's gone through mine because he's nosy like that. But I have nothing to hide, and he knows that. And at the end of the night, who am I cuddling up next to? Him. So let's talk about that. A few have asked on social media, and yes, we have an open arrangement. But I swear, people think couples that have an open relationship or open marriage are always looking for a third or something extra on the side. That's not even what it is (laughs) at all. Aaron and I just call it an adult play date and leave it at that. Now, there are rules that need to be established. And if you're going to have a successful open relationship, I would personally not recommend having that at the beginning of your relationship. Unless you know going into it, polyamory is something that both of you enjoy and both of you have talked about. And that's a deep conversation that you've already had. I think Aaron and I waited three years before ever having that conversation and then slowly started to experiment and open up with the idea of an open relationship. 
and people have asked what our rules are. We have quite a few, kinda. Not really quite a few. It's under 10. But here's a few for you because I'm not gonna get into all of them. <laughs> I said, one, always relay what is happening before it happens. So if we're about to go do something, he knows before it even happens. It's not something that he finds out after the fact. Number two, if they come to our house, nothing happens in our bed. Number three, if we travel to somebody's house, we send their address before we even leave. But we also share each other's location 24 seven. But you know, people are crazy. Number four, we don't do anything on holidays like Christmas or Thanksgiving when we're supposed to be like spending time with family. I mean, that's a given, but you know, just have rules. Like I said, we have a few more, but those feel a bit too personal. So I'll just draw the line right there. <laughs> Some people have asked about boundaries with an open and poly relationship. And now I can't speak for people in poly relationships because I've never been in one. I would say each couple will probably have different boundaries. And this is where you can really practice that compromise in a relationship, right? Our open relationship arrangement has evolved over the years. And that all comes back to communication and expressing what we want out of something. And that's how it goes. Speaking of communication, do you know your love language? Because setting expectations from the beginning of a relationship will also set your relationship up for success. And love languages, I believe, can really help with that. So we'll talk about those when we get back. Love languages. Google says there are five. <laughs> You can Google and take a quiz and it'll tell you what your love languages are. But these are the five love languages. Words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and physical touch. Mine are almost evenly split between acts of service and physical touch. And while Aaron is most definitely quality time and words of affirmation. You should know your partner's love language. You should know your love language. That way, you each know how to love each other. You can't expect everyone to love or be loved the same way. I won't go through each love language explaining them, but knowing each other's love language is a chance to be vulnerable with each other. I think that's the hardest part about a gay relationship is that we have had to guard who we are for so long that when we finally do get to open up to someone and leave that little bit of chance for hurt, we quickly run and hide again and try and put that wall back up. But that's a chance you have to take in a relationship. Tear that wall down with them. Open up. Be vulnerable. One of my dearest and newest kind of friends said, do not be afraid to love hard and to learn valuable things about yourself 
during a relationship. And I would have to agree. Because trust me, you will learn a lot about yourself along the way. So open up. Be vulnerable. Allow that person to see and love all of you. Even your awful snoring. (laughs) This is also a chance to learn about compromise and accepting each other's differences. Like how I hate meatloaf and Aaron hates pork chops. Now those differences aren't deal breakers for our relationship, but accepting your partner's differences could be an asset to the relationship as a whole. And this is where I plug therapy. As gay people, we all have past traumas. We all do. And we can potentially bring that into a relationship. And I need you to hear me when I say this. Your partner is not your therapist. While you most definitely should open up about your feelings and be honest with your partner, don't expect them to be a soundboard of knowledge when it comes to trying fixing your traumas. Because that's, that's not their job, my love. That's a job for a therapist. Self-awareness is a big part of being in a relationship. Now to answer your questions that I did not get to answer in my podcast. Number one says... What do you consider an appropriate timeline for a relationship? And I'm assuming starting a relationship like you've been dating. And that's honestly different for everyone. With some people, they want to be in a relationship after three or four dates. And other people wait six months. (laughs) I'll tell that story later. But this is a good way to practice that communication early. If you've gone on a few dates with a person and you're feeling the vibes and you think you're getting those vibes back, shoot your shot. What's the worst they could say? No. And if they say no, you don't have to waste any more time dating that person. Move on to the next one. If they say yes, congrats. Number two and three, I think I'm going to answer together. Number two says, how do I not worry about my future of dating? And number three says, how do I find a boyfriend? People only want to hook up. And so for both of you, I would say it's hard to find a boyfriend, right? We're all afraid of ending up old and alone with no one to have shared our life with. But I would say when you stop looking, that's when a relationship happens. Honestly, I've seen it more times than I can count. I also recommend both of you listening to my dating episode if you didn't already, because I talk a lot about trying to avoid hookup culture and trying to find an actual boyfriend a little bit in that episode. Hookup culture is not only in the gay community, y'all. I hear my straight girlfriends complain about it all the time. I think it's a boy thing. (laughs) I know that it feels like digging through the dirt to find a diamond when looking for a relationship in this town. But that's just what it is, this town. You have to look at where we are, and I talk about that a little bit in that episode. But you have to look at the dating pool here. It sucks. (laughs) 
Number four, boundaries for an open or polyamorous relationship. And I talked a little bit about this in the episode, but I wanted to address this question individually. And I would say it's different with every couple. And this is where that communication comes into play. There are things that other couples would be okay doing that I would not be okay doing in my marriage. And that can be a difficult conversation to have, right? But this is a chance for you to be honest and vulnerable with your partner. Maybe you want to open up about a kink that you have, but you're afraid. This is the chance to tear that wall down just a little bit. Number five, who proposes to whom? And honestly, I would say whoever gets to it first. (laughs) My favorite videos to watch are when gay couples propose to each other at the same time because you know that they had this all romantic night planned out and then they both thought at the same time, this is the perfect night to propose. So those are cute to me. But honestly, I would say whoever gets to it first, which was me. (laughs) But I think I could tell that Aaron wanted me to propose to him. And I think he could tell that I really wanted to propose to him. So he let me do it. He was completely surprised when it happened. And that's another episode. (laughs) But that's a hard question, right? Now, I had to reach out to some lesbian colleagues of mine because I don't know nothing about dating women. Let's be honest. The last woman I dated was in high school when I was in the 11th grade. And that just didn't go well. So I literally labeled this um, bullet head advice from lesbians. Advice from the lesbians. (laughs) They also said communicate. And they said don't give up. Work for it. They said being with another female that is on the same level hormonally, it does sometimes get hard. Don't let PMS ruin something that could be good. And also don't get PMS and abusive behavior mixed up. And that's one thing that I didn't think about for this episode was talking about abusive relationships. So I think I'll save that for another episode. What an episode. I think I surprised myself with some of that advice. Now, just to practice what I'm preaching. (laughs) I had one more friend message me at the last minute. Thankfully, I could not leave this advice out of here. This couple has been together for almost 11 years. And this is the best advice I've heard all day while working on this podcast. It takes two to mess up and it takes two to fix it. In a relationship... We innately want to try and put the blame on something or someone that is not us, right? Like I said, that ego. But we just need to realize we're all human. We make mistakes. If we own up to those mistakes, it makes life a whole lot easier. And it makes fixing any problems easier as well. They also said not to go to bed angry or without trying to resolve any argument, as did the lesbians. And I agree with both of them. This is where the biggest factor, listening, comes into play. Because we can listen, but are we listening to respond? Or are we listening 
to understand how our partner feels in that moment. Because there have been times, both Aaron and I, back and forth, that I've been explaining how I feel about something or he's explaining how it feels for something for him. And in my mind and in his mind, honestly, we both said it to each other. Like, that's so dumb. Why are you upset about that? But in the moment, it's a very real feeling. And when you can validate those feelings and talk about those feelings and just ease that anxiety, which is what mostly it is, that helps the relationship so much better. Yes, in our mind, maybe it is something dumb to get upset about because I've gotten upset over some dumb shit. (laughs) But we just have to love them and move on, right? I hope you all have a great week. I'll see you again next week for episode nine. Can't believe it. I wonder what we'll talk about. Love y'all.